Ooh. All right. Roller out the barrel live. Coming to you from Van Hoosen Farm in Rochester Hills, Michigan to celebrate 25 glorious seasons of Rochester Grangers Vintage Baseball. Uh, and today they have the club uh, that they started it with 25 years ago. The first club in the history of the Rochester Grangers is the Columbus Capitals. Uh, your favorite and mine from the middle heartland of Ohio. I couldn't be wherever the Canton Corn Shuckers were today, so I'm with Columbus. Just kidding. So uh, I'm going to attempt to call the action here in the Rochester's Columbus. They're playing two matches. It is two seven-inning matches. The first match is going to be an 1867 fly game. The second match is an 1864 bound game. And uh, and then there's going to be a bit of a break in between the matches. And we're going to be joined by Granger's past and present all game long uh, to talk about history, uh, their history, and their experiences with the club. They, it's sort of a family reunion today here at Van Hoosen, as many past players have come just to enjoy uh, the celebration, and they might fit in an at-bat. But I haven't heard any of the retired players interested in playing the entire game. So we're starting off here with Mr. Roland of the Rochester Grangers. Capitals uh, start out with Mikey P on the on the stripe. And there's the bell. The bell signifies a pitch being thrown because I can't call balls and strikes. Absolutely. Being joined by my first guest here. Uh, please introduce yourself. Uh, good day. My name is Brad Streetcar Pfeiffer. Brad, could you tell everybody uh, your history with the Rochester Grangers? Well, the history is that uh, my wife and I moved up from to Rochester Hills from Dearborn in about the mid-90s. And uh, at that time, I was playing vintage baseball with a team at Greenfield Village known as the Lottie Daz. They have a very good, successful program there. And it was a little bit far to drive down to Dearborn, so I kept writing... And there's a fly ball to left field through the tree. It's going to be a base hit for Mr. Roland. Sorry, I yeah, have to jump in with that okay. once in a while. No, that's a good spot for that tree, don't you think? <laughs> if you can hit it, that's yes. That's right. That's right. It makes a good target. So uh, it became a little daunting to drive down to Dearborn every week or two for baseball, and I made contact with Patrick McKay, uh, leader of the museum here, and kept asking him about the possibility of starting a vintage baseball team. And he and his team ended up doing some research on the uh, presence of baseball in this area in the 1850s, 1860s, 1870s. Sure enough, there was a league here in Rochester. Um, I think they called them, uh, well, there was many teams. One was called, I think, the Rochester Mechanics, and another team called the Grangers, and they um, succeeded in the research. And so Patrick was still a little bit unsure on how to start a vintage team. Mm-hmm. 
And if you talk to Patrick, he'll tell you this story. Um, he went to a conference up in Manistee, Michigan, and was able to witness a vintage baseball game, his first. And he came right back from that trip to Manistee, Michigan, and he called me up and said, Brad, we're going to start a team. Oh, he, he loved he it. He was excited. He, he fell in love right away. He loved it. There's a grounder to third base by Mr. Morse. There's a throw to second to get the force, and they're going to get Mr. Rowland on the force for the first home in the inning, and Mr. Morse is going to find his first. That's going to bring up Mr. Siebert. One hand is dead. And uh, I said, great, let's start a team. And uh, we made contact then with the um, with the Capitals, who are here with us today, some of the very same, same men who joined us 25 years ago. They came up in the summer of 1999, I believe, early in the year. I remember the grass was dewy wet, very early in 1999, and uh, kind of taught us the game. Let me ask you this. In 1999, when you're and there's a base hit into left field, it's going to fall in. Um, Mr. Morris is going to take his third, and Mr. Siebert is going to stay his first, uh, and that's going to bring a boomer, uh, captain of the Grangers currently. Uh, let me ask you, what, how was the decision made on what club to contact? Because they also had the Ohio Village Muffins at the time. I don't know how many other teams existed at the time. How was it the Columbus Capitals came into the picture? That's a great question. Um, obviously, I had contact with um, with Greenfield Village, um, and I attempted to reach out to them. They played a little bit different style of baseball than, than we were looking to play at the time. Um, having made several trips down to Columbus with the La-di-da's, I got to know uh, uh, one of the uh, – founders, if you will, of the Columbus teams. Um, uh, well, you'll have to ask one of them how long they've been in existence, but frankly... Uh, there's a pop-up by Boomer into left field. It's going to be held by the left fielder. The throw's going to come into home. Uh, it's not going to be in time as Rochester is going to put one on the board. Mr. Moore scores. Uh, Boomer's going to be the second out of the inning. Mr. Siebert did make his second. That's going to bring up Mike Kay for the Grangers. Sorry, Brad, yeah, please continue. Okay. So I knew that the Columbus teams uh, and the historical village in Columbus uh, was a great a great resource. So we made contact with them, and um, they agreed to come up, like I said, early in the year uh, with their entire team and, and their, um, their patriarch, if you will, of the team. And uh, that would be Rudy Sr., Rudy Frias Sr., who's actually here. He's standing right there. Uh, so we'll be talking to him later on. That's right. Uh, as well. So they make the trip up. Uh, you remember the day? I do. Of course I do. Uh, we actually um, uh, we played a little bit over here at the time, but we also gathered on the other side of the uh, the bullpen here where we're sitting today. Um, and they, again, they just taught us how to field the ball, how to how to bat. They taught us the language. We met inside the um, the building for a while as well. There's a foul ball over to the crowd. Mr. Sanders is going to attempt to get it on a bounce, but it's moist over in that area. Mm. There was no bounce. Uh, died as soon as it hit the ground, so Mikey K is still alive. I think he slipped on a cow pie. <laughs> that, that's possible. Still two hands are dead. Um, so they taught us the language. They taught us how to start a club, the sort of the organizational piece of it. And there's a well-hit ball in the center field that's going to get down. Uh, looks like Mr. Siebert's going to make his home. There's not going to be a throw. Easy up there. 
as Rochester has put their second run on the board here in the first inning. That's going to bring up Mr. Westgate. Two hands dead. So, again, the, it, we, uh, another part was deciding our uniform. Uh, we reached out to a company on the East Coast by the name of K&P Weaver Uniforms, and we had a little bit of knowledge. There's a ball hit into right field that's going to get past the right fielder and man past the center fielder. It's going to hit off the small fence in right field, bounce back into play. Mike Kay is going to take his third. Mr. Westgate's going to stay his first. And Mr. Westgate is such a fine hitter. He knows to hit behind the runner, and that's what he did. Uh, splitting the runners now. they got runners on first and third. So Mr. Westgate, of course, is one of the smarter ball players here in Rochester. And here comes the junior Johnson. Uh, his father, of course, also playing. Uh, today, yeah, I don't know if he's playing. But anyway, the younger Johnson is playing. His father, known for uh, the kids after the game, writing their names on his head, which was always a big deal to us when I came here with Bay City. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Brad keeps talking through all the action, uh, making him. There's a foul ball down. I mean, he's. Not to say you shouldn't be. No, you're doing what you should be doing, but I keep interrupting him because I have to call the action. And he keeps remembering his spot, which is the most amazing thing to me. So, Brad, pick it up where you, sure. <laughs> where you left off. Well, again, uh, they, they taught us. Uh, I think the guy's name was John Ward, who came up um, uh, also with Rudy Sr. Uh, and they taught us the organizational structure of their teams, and that helped us to organize our team. Uh, Patrick and I put together... Long fly ball to center field. That is going to get down. Uh, Gentleman Joe is going to get it and throw it in. There's going to be a run score on that play. Mr. Westgate takes a second. Mr. Johnson takes his first. That's going to bring up Malman, Mr. Malman. So you can probably see why the Grangers like to strike first. Uh, they know that they've got some good bats, and they get that early lead and immediately put the uh, opposition on the defensive. Um, so that's been our history from almost all 25 years is to strike first when given the choice. Uh, absolutely, and I, I would go so far as to say Bay, the Bay City Independents took that strategy from the Rochester Grangers, uh, being taught that strategy through many butt kickings over the years. Uh, there's a grounder through the third baseman's hands, and that's going to load the bases right there. Ball coming in. Mr. Sanders gets it. Again, fine base running by uh, Mr. Westgate. He stayed at third. He probably would have been thrown out. And now he allows Blaster to have a chance to knock him in. Uh, so, yeah, so Bay City, I remember uh, I was a little bit past the time, but Rochester really taught Bay City how to play finished baseball through through multiple education on the field during play. <laughs> and there's a, a base hit into left center field. Center field is going to come over, handle it. That's going to score two runs on that play. Wow. And hence the wisdom of Mr. Westgate not risking his run. He wanted to. <laughs> but but he's, he held himself up. That's five runs in so far for yes. the Grangers. Yes. That's going to that's gonna bring up peg leg. How many hands are dead? Two. Two hands, all right. So uh, Mr. McKay and I reached out to many of our neighbors, 
friends uh, and talk to them about this concept of playing baseball. And we were so fortunate to, to have a number of, of young men who were athletes, had played baseball, and were thrilled at the opportunity of playing 1860s-era baseball. And there's a grounder, second base. Uh, second baseman has it. Is going to throw to second for the force. For the out. Uh, and that's going to that's going to make sure that peg leg comes back up to lead off the inning. What the strategy was there, uh, and now we have the break between well, innings. You don't get to, but you won't be interrupted anymore. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. Um, yeah, speaking of that that rule uh, in scorekeeping, which you alluded to there, that the uh, the striker following the third out uh, leads off the next inning. And at one point, the Grangers in the field were so astute and so talented led again by Mr. Westgate and Mr. McKay and others, we would know the weak spots on the opposing club. And in that, cha- in that chance that they just had with the bases loaded, the Grangers would figure out which striker we wanted to lead off next, the weaker ones, and we would make that put out, even if it might have been a little bit uh, irregular. So. And we talk about that on uh, this podcast all the time, about how that's kind of a lost art. Like, teams aren't thinking like that ahead like they used to, you know, and uh, that's something we'd like to see come back. A exactly. more of the chess play of Exactly, baseball. exactly. Um, so, kind of getting back to the makeup of the team, we had a collection of men who, who most of which had families, and the, the, the wives came out and the kids, and we really had an awesome golden era, if you will, of Grangers, 99 through the early 2000s. Uh, we very quickly became a formidable club, uh, winning most of the games uh, that we played. Uh, we traveled well, too, which I, which I think was a tribute to the men and their families, uh, going from Columbus to northern Michigan. Uh, I remember playing a game in Ludington. Uh, yeah, and the Capitals are now up, and uh, there was a swing and a miss. Uh, foul tip back by Mr. Frias, the captain, and uh, it was not brought in by the catcher, so he's still alive there. So we tried to... Uh, Several places in Michigan we traveled to and there's a grounder, Hartford, Connecticut. Throw over to first base is going to be in time. And that's going to be the first out of the inning. That's a wonderful play. And Mr. Malman doing the the backup work, the, the catcher ran all the way down to first base to back up that throw. Another lost start of baseball, especially yeah. vintage. You don't yeah. see a lot of vintage yeah. uh, catchers do right. that. Well, and in fairness, I'm not 100% sure that in 1860s they would have backed up like that. True. But it certainly seems like the thing to do, doesn't it? You're With the knowledge of hindsight, <laughs> yes. But uh, were they doing it in the 1860s? Probably not. Yeah. Um, so anyway, as I said, we traveled well. We, we won some tournaments, and we traveled to Rochester, New York. There's a foul ball into the crowd by Mr. Sanders. And uh, a fan Colorado uh, got that on three bounces. That means nothing. <laughs> so on that day, uh, you're talking about the meeting that happened in the building next to us, and you're being taught everything on how to go forward. Uh, did you play the Capitals that day? 
we scrimmaged them, yes. They, they brought enough for a team, and we, I think, had enough for a team. So we did play a few innings. And more, more so just to simply go through sort of all the possible things that might happen. Fly ball into right field. It's going to be over the fence. Ball ball. It's a strike. Possibly it's a into the ball. creek. Uh, that's a foul ball here uh, in Rochester. Uh, the creek did not seem very rapid today, so <laughs> we're probably going to find that ball. Do you guys Hopefully. play with the same ball as they would in the 1860s? Of course. You so, find it, dry it off, and, and keep playing with it. Um, so they'll find that ball. But you may uh, know this if, if you're really uh, uh, knowledgeable person on this team, but you're aware that the field orientation is different. Were you aware of that? Uh, in what in what way? Well, uh, in the way that uh, home plate used to be down toward uh, that right field post marker. Nope, I never saw that. And left field uh, was pretty much where we're standing. And instead of having a tree in left field be in play, uh, the windmill in left field was in play. Wow. And it really opened up the field. There were no fencing obstructions like we just witnessed and uh but the parking lot was there Um, no oh so uh mr mckay for several years actually before and during the the initiation of the grangers had been working on a a grant grant money to basically restore and rebuild the dairy barn which included uh installing this wonderful asphalt parking lot which turned out to be left field. And there was no stopping that, that process. So we, uh, of course, had agreed that we would just simply reorient the field. And there's a pop-up to right field. That one's not going to go over to the fence. It is going to fall into the hands of the right fielder. Yep. I believe that's Blaster, isn't it, Mr. Uh, I, I believe so. Caught uh, in the air with his hands like a man would in 1867. That's right. So, uh, But now that fence does come into play. Um, and as long as they follow the ground rules, I guess it's acceptable. Mr. Zedak. Um, honey Badger up to the plate. But, uh, yeah, we had, um, again, lots of great memories uh, back in the early 2000s. And he's going to hit it into the ground. Oh, this is interesting. He hit it into the ground before home plate. And he kicked the ball. Now, he did not mean to do it. It just happened to be the ball dribbled into the baseline. He kicks the ball. Uh, the catcher goes over, tries to make a play to first. At that point, it was going to be too late. So Mr. Zedek is going to take his first. We'll call that semi-accidental kicking of the ball. Oh, no, I'd call it. If it, <laughs> if it didn't look accidental, I'd call it that way. But he definitely uh, could not avoid it. Uh it just kept Englishing over to the baseline. Mr. Uh, Ian Frias up to the plate now for the Capitals. And uh, for those of you who have seen uh, Ian play, uh, I would say that, that the porch on that house about 400 feet away is in play. Wouldn't you, would you agree? I'd also say the forehead of the third <laughs> baseman's in play. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> As there's a uh, line drive foul whizzing by the third baseman. Not close to him, but he heard it. And, uh, and thrown to the base in fact, speaking of that house in the distance, are there a couple of spectators sitting on the roof of that house? Would be an out. Yes. Look at that. 
I don't know how safe that is, but they're sitting on the roof of the house about 500 feet away. And Mr. Frias deposits a base hit into left field uh, directly to the left fielder. It's going to be a single. Honey Badger takes his second. That's going to bring up fresh out of retirement, one time only. You'll never see this again, according to him. Eric Frias coming out just to celebrate uh, the Grangers on this day. He'll probably take 17 pitches. Now, is he is he uh, one of Rudy's sons? Uh, no, this or, is Rudy's younger brother. Rudy's younger brother, okay. Uh, and he uh, he stopped playing, and there's a grounder to the pitcher. The throw over to first base is going to record his third. And uh, it's just good to see him, as that's a whitewash by the Grangers. So, in my experience with the Grangers, this is what on Bay City we were used to seeing. Them batting first, putting up a number, us coming up, them not making any mistakes defensively, and then you're already back on your heels going into the second inning. <laughs> yes, again, that's, uh, that's the way we wrote it up uh, 25 years ago, and you can see they're still able to execute our plan here. And we're going to lead off, uh, like we said, with Pegleg, who – was responsible responsible for the last out, but not um, penalized for the last out. So, ladies, striker to the line, jump peg leg, Saraceno. So, uh, so when the Columbus Capitals come, you learn everything you can administratively from them, and then you do a scrimmage. Is that the only action of vintage baseball for Rochester that season? Was it? Was it? Did it not pick up until the following season? There's a hit in the center field that's caught in the air. Uh, my memory is that we were bold enough to actually schedule some games and a season in 1999. And we played a handful of games, probably including the Ohio Cup. Um, I don't recall how many games we played in 1999, but I am pretty darn sure we played. We actually went ahead and played because remember the meeting with the Capitals was in April, very early in the year, which gave us plenty of time to to uh, have our uniforms created and sent to us. Fly ball in center field. That's going to get down for a base hit for Mr. Kowalski. He's going to go for two. Throw is going to be too late coming in. And that's going to bring up the last batter of the lineup for the Grangers, Mr. LaFrance. So how long into this process did you fall in love with the entire idea going forward? Well, again, I had been playing baseball with the Lottie Daws in the mid-'90s and loved the game at that point and was ready to sort of keep playing with Greenfield Village there's a pound into the ground. It's a fair foul. Uh, catcher is up with it. A throw down to first is going to record the out. Uh, Mr. Kowalski is going to take his third on that. And that's going to go back up to the top of the lineup for the Grangers, Mr. Roland. And and so once we started the se- our uh, existence in 1999, it was just sort of full steam ahead. Uh, again, we created the organizational structure, a few loose rules of how to operate the club. Uh, we, pra- we, of course, practiced and, and uh, 
the venue here at the museum, uh, both in its former orientation and current orientation, as you can tell, is a great place to see a Venice baseball game. There's a, a hit back to the catcher. Catcher's going to dive to try to make the play. He's not going to come up with it, so Mr. Rowland's going to stay alive. So the way we learned the game 25 years ago, at this point, we would probably call for a daisy cutter, which he happened to just hit. To the second baseman, who's going to make the play over to first. The run is not going to score on that. And we call for daisy cutters because, again, in the early 1860s, the fly rule was not in play yet. So you could hit a very great baseball into left center field, and if the left fielder caught it on one hop, it's simply a long out. So we were taught, again, by Rudy and, and the Capitals, uh, when you're playing the bound roll, to really work for daisy cutters. You hit it on the ground or a two-hopper minimum, you know that at least two fielders need to make a, a barehanded play on that ball. Yep. Uh, that's going to bring up. Brad Grayley to lead off for the Capitals. Five to nothing uh, here in favor of the Grangers. On a beautiful day, the field's in beautiful shape. Uh, the two spectators fell off the roof, so they're not up there anymore. Uh, the line, Brad. There's a lot of people uh, lining the field today for the 25-year celebration of the Rochester Grangers. So you can see Cue Ball has already gotten the fans started signing his uh, bald pate there with a uh, magic marker. That's going to sweat right off, isn't it? <laughs> no, it, it'll stay until he's ready to take it off. I've signed his head before. It was, uh, it was great. I think those two fans actually, if they fell off the roof, they're now walking toward the field maybe – to make it look like they didn't fall. Yeah. There's a grounder to shortstop. It's going to go through the wickets of the shortstop into center field, and that's going to be a base hit for Mr. Grayley. Now, the rumor also has it, and this is probably good lore, is that, you, of course, any Tigers fan remembers the great voice of Paul Carey. Sure. And Paul Carey for many years, uh, I think after his uh, – his radio career with the Tigers, he retired up to Rochester Hills, and rumor has it that he lived in one of those houses that you can see from this very spot. We never confirmed that, but we believe that Paul Carey lived in one of those homes. Mr. Purcell is going to hit to right field. It's going to be held. Huzzah! They're going to throw back to first base behind Huzzah! the runner. That's going to be a double play. Results in a double play. Boy, the veteran makes a great play. And uh, my batting order is as wrong as Chasen is supposed to be up. Here we go. Oh. They're getting it together. Okay. <laughs> Chasen Grayley, the uh, the son of the gentleman who was just thrown out at first base on the on the double play. See the rips and the tears and all the Columbus Capitals uniforms. Very uh, authentic of them. Yes. To not take care of their uniforms. And it works out well for them. <laughs> oh, yes. 
So, Matt, tell me, uh, what, where do you play or where have you played? I started out with the Bay City Independence, okay. uh, played, played on this field many times, uh, and then I had the opportunity to uh, run a festival in Frankenmuth, Michigan. So I put on the Michigan Vintage Baseball Festival, pop up to the shortstop, one hand throw over to first. It's going to get past the first baseman. Jason's going to make his second, and that will be the only mistake the Grangers make. They do not throw <laughs> the ball around. So... Uh, so I put on the Michigan Vintage Baseball Festival for three years, two before COVID, one after COVID, and uh, and then I formed a team just to just to go to coincide with the festival, uh, the Frankenmuth Bavarians, and then once the festival ended, the club ended, and I've been doing this. Excellent, excellent. So generally, we do interviews. Of, of players, and there's a pop-up to left field. It's going to be held by the left fielder. Wow, another great catch. And, again, he was playing pretty deep in left field, and he's got to come down a little bit of an incline there to catch that ball. Not an easy catch. Uh, yes, it, the field reminds me a little bit of Walker. Uh, in Brooklyn, Michigan, the Walker Tavern Wheels, where there's flowing fields, uh, there are some trees, and also you could come across some some horse dung. <laughs> you could. So, <laughs> so Matt, my uh, current team actually, I'm on my third vintage baseball team, is the Great Black Swamp Frogs. I am familiar. They've yes. been to the festival all three years. Yes, they have, and uh, unfortunately, I have not been able to travel with them to that festival. But uh, they speak highly of it. I know last year, I think they. They won one, lost one, tied one, maybe if my memory serves me at the in Frankenmuth. Um, so Rob, hopefully that's a trip that I'll be able to make make next year. Ah, you'll never be able to make that trip because that festival is not happening anymore. But, oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> but it's always nice to see. I think I see the swamp frogs at uh, the Ohio Cup every year. Yes, yes. There's a pound in the ground by Mr. Morse to start off the inning. Hey, it's going to be fair. It's going to slow roll the to third base, so that's going to be a base hit. Foul. And on the rules of the game today, it's a fair ball. And Mr. Siebert's going to come up. Now, I think we're getting to the part of the game where occasional Grangers like yourself might uh, take an at-bat. Yes. Uh, so the batting order is going to get a little complicated for it the is. Grangers going forward from here. And Mr. Oh Siebert hits it a goodness. ton in the left center field. Uh, that's going to get wow. past the center fielder. Honey Badger is going to come over backing him up. we got a runner coming in. He's going to try to score the cutoff uh, misplay. That's going to cause a home run situation. Huzzah! A long strike by Mr. Siebert results in a two-hour wow. home run. Very, uh, Mr. Siebert did partake in the um, Mightiest Striker competition that I put on, and uh, he always likes to remind me how he beat Ian Frias in the first round of that of that tournament, and that was a very Mightiest Striker-ish strike he had on that. Yes. Boomer, Walters to the line. No hands are dead. Yes. That brings up the uh, current captain of the Grangers, Boomer. Yeah, he hit the threads off that ball. So, Brad, uh, before you go, let me know some of your your funnest road trips, places you love to go play as Boomer hits a 
base hit into left field, I believe. Oh, no, it didn't get into left. There was a play at first, but he <sighs> he beat it out. So, um, in the year, it was either 2000 or 2001, our team traveled to Hartford, Connecticut for what was known then as the Hartford Invitational Tournament. And we all drove all the way out to Connecticut, and we were playing uh, teams from the East Coast, New York teams, New Jersey teams. There's a pop-up into left field. Tree's going to eat that up. And it's going to knock it down, and that's going to result in a single for Mike K. So, so Matt, I don't know how much experience you have playing some clubs from the East Coast. Uh, they were a little bit of a different breed. They played a little bit different kind of baseball. They had a little bit of that sort of East Coast attitude. And the Grangers, I think we, we won all three of our games in Rochester, and yet we were not – allowed to play in the championship game due to some kind of a run differential rule or something like that. But we uh, comported ourselves very well on that in that tournament. We had a very fun time in Hartford. And there's a base hit into center field that's going to load the bases. It's not. Boomer's going to come around third. That throw's not going to be in time. Score another one for the Grangers. It's a base hit by Mr. Westgate there. And then... Um, there were a few times we went to uh, the Rochester, the Silver Ball tournament in Rochester, New York, which again is a wonderful tournament. A lot of a lot of teams from all over the Midwest and East Coast. And again, the Grangers were pretty much in the height of that early um, uh, early stages of just winning almost every game we played. And again, we did really really well and ended up the first year we went, which would have been 2001, maybe 2002. We lost in the championship game on kind of a heartbreaking, uh, heartbreaking play in extra innings. It's a grounder into the ground to the third baseman. Third baseman's going to force Mike K out at third for the first out of the inning. I'm pretty sure that the, any Grangers who are part of that extra inning loss still have uh, some trauma remembering back. Because <laughs> who was the, who was the club? Uh, I don't remember which club it was that, that we lost to, um, but there were some marvelous clubs out there. The Providence Grays were out there. might have been one of the local Rochester teams that beat us in that extra inning game. There were some long fly bottle left field. Honey Badger is going to attempt to grab it. Uh, it looks like it bounced off his knee into foul territory, and everyone's going to move up a base. Well... After that loss and long drive home, we vowed to return to Rochester, which we did the very next year, and we ended up winning that tournament um, the second time we played. So we somewhat avenged our traumatic extra inning loss the first year we played. <laughs> but those were always wonderfully fun trips to Rochester, New York. Uh, we have Mr. Rosanke. So he's got bases loaded and one out. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And it's a pop-up down the left field line. It's going to be in foul. And, uh, oh, but he got it. I did not see the bounce, uh, but it was going to require a good bounce for him to get to it, and it did. So two outs, 
bringing up peg leg. It sort of bounced off the incline and bounced back to the fielder. So now the Grangers can use a nice, uh, nice line drive or two hopper, kind of cause some, some pressure on the defense. Yeah, uh, scores currently eight to zero, and uh, in vintage baseball, no lead is safe. That is for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but you can feel real good about getting a double digit lead. And there's a foul tip back to the catcher. I don't. Did he get it on one hop? It no, he like slid, two. but he didn't get it. The pitcher for the Columbus Capitals is actually ambidextrous. You ever seen a vintage baseball pitcher be able to throw with both hands? I've not seen that. I've only seen him throw righty today. I guess I'll have to keep an eye on him. Pop up to. The middle of the field in no man's land. They're going to throw it a second to try to get the force. That's not going to work out. That's going to score another oh. run. Two aces tally. That was a 50-foot <laughs> laser shot that scored two runs. Yes, a laser. Mr. Kowalski up for the Grangers. Kowalski. And uh, that's five runs in this inning for wow. the Grangers. There's nothing more depressing than a ball that just finds that one mm -hmm. scrap of land nobody's going to get to. There's a pop-up to center field. This is going to bring him in way into the oh, yeah. infield area, and he's gentle, Gentleman Joe is going to catch that. That was a fine time. catch. Fine catch. Yes, uh, catching a ball coming in uh, from center field at full speed with two hands is, uh, is definitely uh, – Difficult. Brad, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's my us. pleasure, Matt. Uh, thank you for all the information and the knowledge about how the Grangers got their start. I'm, gl I'm glad you sat down and shared that with us. Absolutely. It's I my pleasure. It. Absolutely. <laughs> and maybe I'll be back. But, again, thanks for your time. I appreciate everything. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, and that's going to bring up, well, according to my – Lineup. Moving right along. Striker to the line. Uh, I saw Rudy Sr. in the lineup, but I also saw Rudy Sr. Uh, in street clothes. So we're going to say that's not it. So we're going to say this is Josh Good. As the... Uh, the Capitals, I was listening, it's 10 to nothing in favor of the Grangers here in the seven-inning affair. We're only going seven, seven, 18, 67 innings. Uh, and there's a, a struck ball to left field. Left hand, the left fielder is going to grab it with his two hands like a man would in 1867. It was a well-hit ball. Uh, but did not result in anything except a slow walk back to the bench where Rudy Frias is giving a pep talk to his team, telling them how bad they look out there. Here's Gentleman Joe Jensen, uh, the center fielder who just made a, a, 
A wonderful play coming in from center field uh, to make to make a play. And there's a pop-up to center field. It's going to be held by the center fielder. Another fine catch by the center field scout. Two hands. As two, two well-struck balls by the Capitals, resulting in nothing. And here comes the captain of the Columbus Capitals trying to be a leader of the team. I realize I have neglected the bell lately, and I'm sorry, but they actually are swinging away. So, uh, sorry. There it is. There's a, a lot of the female types down the third baseline for Rudy to aim at uh, on his fair foul attempts. Uh, I don't see any children over there, so he might swing away, and he does. It's a base hit into left field. One hop to the left fielder. That's going to result in a single for Rudy Frias. See what happens when you don't have your kids on the third baseline? Rudy Furious swings away. Uh, that's going to bring up Nick Sanders. Man on first, nobody out. One man out, sorry. Two hopes. Left-handed swinger from the Columbus Capitals. Uh, if you go back in the archives of the Roller Out the Barrel, podcast nick sanders one of the very first episodes we recorded and he told us all about his uh his affinity for curling there's a line drive into left field down the left field line it's going to be a fair ball it's going to get past the left fielder rudy frias turning back the years turning back the years stopping at third uh he didn't turn back the clock far enough uh just a couple of years that's a double for mr sanders that ball this time landed just in fair territory Two hands are dead. That's going to bring up Honey Badger. Advised, Mr. Lytle, our umpire today, most of you know, is also the village apothecary. will be signing copies of his book, A Pitch in Time, which is a, uh, a wonderful yarn about time travel person who is a young baseball player. And there's a, a foul into the ground. Catcher comes out. He is not going to he is not going to throw to first as it would have been a very difficult play with the speed of the honey badger. Uh, he is just going to keep the runners at bay so nobody scores. Jason takes his first and that's going to bring up uh, a nightmare situation. Uh, how many people in vintage baseball have had this nightmare? It's bases loaded for Ian Frias. Ranger Fanatics, also known as Cranks. These are situations where you have to realize no lead is safe. That was the second pitch. There's a bell to represent the first pitch, and now here comes the third pitch. I'm right on top of this bell. It's a foul ball, but they're going to say it's fair. It's going to go down the left field line. Two runs are going to score on this. The ball is dead. Ball is Ball's dead. dead. The runners advance as without uh, fear of being tagged out. Once it gets onto that black asphalt, it's a dead ball. So we got first and third. Two runs now in for the Columbus Capitals. He hit it through the 
the softer ground. Uh, it rolled into the parking lot in the corner two, of the parking lot. Two aces tally, two hands uh, are dead. So that's uh, finally going to get the Capitals on the board, and here comes Eric Frias with a, a ball hit to the third baseman. The third baseman was going to knock it down, attempt to do a force at second, and he does. He's, he... Um, Mr. Rowland at second base. They threw the ball to Mr. Rowland at second base. It fell out of his hand. It fell out of his reach. He attempts to leave his toe on second base and reach for the ball. When he does the reach for the ball, his toe comes off second base, but then he's able to reattach his foot to the base before Ian Frias gets there, uh, resulting resulting in the third out. And that means Eric Frias is going to come back up and, and lead off that inning. I believe the run scored on that, though. Run scored on that? I, I would say it seems like it would have scored, but I wasn't watching. It did score. Okay. Thank you. So three runs score for the Capitals, making the score 10-3. to three. Uh, would you like to sit down, sir? Sure, just for a second. How are you? Good, long time no see. Uh, absolutely. Please uh, introduce yourself to the audience. <laughs> Bob Roadblock Grace. And Bob, what's your experience? Uh, when did you start with the Grangers and, and things? Uh, I was on the, the founding team with them in the first year, so this is wonderful seeing all these guys back up here from Columbus. Thank you, Guardian. Uh, so that was 1999. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you were here for the initial uh, scrimmage against Correct. the Capitals yes. when they yes. came and taught you uh, how, to, how to play and how everything. How to play the game, yeah. And then I think you went on to the Ohio Cup. I had Brad on here. He was he yes. was filling me in on some information. So uh, do you remember the exact moment you fell in love with vintage baseball? Actually, it's probably that first scrimmage. And, and to be honest, it wasn't just the baseball. It's what, to me, vintage baseball was, is. It's there's the camaraderie. There's a pop-up to the catcher. Mr. Sanders is going to miss it. So Mr. LaFrance is still alive. <laughs> so it, it's more just being together with a group of guys, meeting people from different communities, and talking baseball, and just enjoying each other's company. Did you have any reservations going into that scrimmage and that meeting about uh, the things you were hearing going forward, or were you excited about the possibility? I heard nothing until I got here. Oh. So <laughs> I had no preconceived notions There's at base, all. Base it in the left field by Mr. LaFrance? It was, it was actually it's funny because I kind of talked my way onto the team. I was a uh, guy I worked with wasn't, had worked with Pat. And I worked with Pat as well, but he was invited, you know, hey, we're getting this team together, da-da-da. I kept hearing him talk about it, and I said, well, that sounds like fun. I'm going to show up. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened. And, and it, 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 the hardest part was, I think, just acclimating to catching the ball on the fly in your yeah. face. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, catching, it's not as easy as, hey, I caught this all the time. There's a base hit into center field by Mr. Rowland. It's going to make it first and second. As the ball is going to be late, trying to get the force at second on Mr. LaFrance. Uh, yeah, you catch with a glove all those times, and you're like, well, I've done that a million times. I'll just catch this ball with my hand. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> you actually have to relearn how to catch a baseball. Yeah, and appreciate how hard that ball was. I know.
ball we first started playing with was the was brown, and it was hard as a rock. It seemed like, and it just took took a while to adjust. It was fun. And the ball gets past the it hits the front of the home plate uh, and bounces over here by us. The catcher for Columbus said to. Uh, tackle an umbrella and get to the ball, and everybody moved up a base on that play. As Mr. Morse is up with runners on second and third and no outs. You're responsible for keeping your own place of where your story was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was really just, uh, again, them coming up here and, and teaching us, showing us they brought up. Oh, gosh, it seems like 20 guys or something like that. It was amazing to me at the time that that many people would come up here on the spur of the moment to show it. other people how no to play the game and how friendly they were and uh, easygoing and uh, meeting, I think, Charlie Trudeau, I think Steve, his name, used to Steve make, make bats. Steve I don't know if he still line. does. I'm not familiar with the name. Um, Phoenix Bat Company at the time. Um, and oh, Phoenix Bat Company is still around, I believe, okay. yes. Yeah, so... Meeting him, and then you know, after one season, saying, you know, I got to have my own bat. <laughs> There's a foul ball by Mr. Siebert uh, so, catching up. Mr. Morris did fly out to center field. So, and, and I think after that, it took us a solid year to really understand the game. Um, we did not play well that first year, but by the second year, I think we we started focusing more on fundamentals of baseball and playing more as a team instead of individuals and we kind of took One off from there and it was just it was just wonderful and i think the best thing about the grangers at that time was that we were a family um we all had almost always had young kids about the same age mm. so everywhere we went everybody went the wife and the kids went and um that's a long fly ball. That was a very long <laughs> fly ball that almost made it to the trees in center field. Mr. Siebert has been Again. putting a charge into the yes. ball today. <laughs> Another long ball. So, ball, so traveling, like, again, to the Ohio Cup and getting everybody aces. into the same hotel, making sure, oh, so gosh, you got shift. the wives and the kids. They want a pool, and they want this and that. And, and then we all just kind of grew up together around the game for many, many years. And, and you went around Michigan beating everybody because the Grangers were, as I said to Streetcar, they were going around teaching people in Michigan yes. how to play on the field as they showed them how yes. to play. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was the other thing that I think some of the teams were in awe of was we had a couple guys that were older. And yet we were still playing good baseball. And again, it, be, it was a team game and you learn to. You know, every, every team has strengths and weaknesses, and you just learn how to put those players in their best position to do as well as they can. And There's a pop-up by Boomer into to the shortstop, who's going to easy, Steve, easy, easy. play it off his hands. Nice strategy there by the retired Eric Frias. It's not going to turn out. Uh, Boomer's going to get a base hit, and that's going to score a run. It's three runs in this inning. Making it thirteen to three in favor of Rochester. So, so getting the the older players who I'm at their age now, <laughs> yes. when they came to play, um, making them feel comfortable with the team and, and knowing keeping them as valuable members of the team. You know, that, that was that was something I think we were really proud of at the time. That we could still go to these tournaments and do well, but yet 
have everybody play and not just bring in a tournament team, but this is our team. You know, this is who we're, as we travel around, this is, this is our family. <laughs> as Mike Hay puts a charge into a ball in the left center field, that's going to fall into a hit. And Mr. Oh, Mr. Walters is going to take his third, seeing that a weak throw was coming in. Completely took advantage of that and makes his third. So, that's about it for me. It's been wonderful. All right. Uh, I appreciate you stopping by. It's good to see you again. Take care. Uh, you as well. You're going to get some more swings in today? Um, maybe in the second game. <laughs> The second game being of the 1864 variety as Rochester has run across three runs. They have runners on first and third with one out. And uh, Rochester really putting on a, a clinic today. And there's a pop-up to the catcher. I don't think he's going to get to it. He does get to it. It's a fantastic play by Mr. Sanders to record the second out of the inning. Uh, Columbus really needed that. Uh, back, back. It's not very deep, the catcher's area here at Rochester. So he had to deal with, and I couldn't see it. But I know there's hay bales over there. I know there's a parking lot over there. There's old Model Ts and such in the parking lot. And it did not get hit that deep. Uh, but he did. Uh, he did. Uh, he did have obstacles. And uh, that's going to bring up Junior the. Mr. Johnson of the junior variety, as his father is around here somewhere getting his head signed by anybody who wants to sign his head with a Sharpie marker. So that's happening. There's a swing and a miss. As Rudy Frias is on the stripe for the Columbus Capitals. And there's a ball hit down to third base. There's going to be a long throw to first. It is going to be in time. According to this reporter, he is out. <laughs> it looked like a tie to me. I got to sign it on the logo. Are you going to talk lanterns with me? Thanks for wearing the shirt. I appreciate it. Sit down and, and talk lanterns with me. Rochester Granges. <laughs> you son of a gun. All right. So it's, I just signed uh, Mr. Hunkley shirt. I am still, I was so close to getting lantern talk. Ah, he left. He's got to get Rudy. He's lying. He's just get. He's just very good at avoiding. Uh, you're about to hear the harmonies of a of a, a group of people that came to do the national anthem.
As the Capitals prepare to come back up for their at-bats here in the fourth inning. And it's appropriate that the 25-year celebration of the Grangers is celebrating how the Columbus Capitals came to town and taught them how to play vintage baseball. And now today, 25 years later, the Grangers are teaching the Columbus Capitals how to play baseball. So it's kind of a... <laughs> It's kind of a, you know, synergy. As uh, Rudy Frias is in video changing out mode as we are videotaping uh, the gameplay. So you'll notice my gameplay call is off because I'm concentrating on people that sit in this chair. I want to hear what they got to say. Uh, for the audio medium, and then we do have video that will be shown at some point in the future uh, of this. But the audio, you know, I put out the audio pretty quick, so next week sometime. That's going to bring up Eric Frias, the recently unretired, soon-to-be-retired player for the Columbus Capitals. They are the Guardians of Harmony, uh, the group of gentlemen that were singing. They did the Star Spangled Banner and Home on the Range is what they just uh, pleasured us with. Uh, talk our, talking about being pleasured, uh, Eric Frias up to the, the dish with a line drive into left field. That's going to be a base hit, and he should walk off the field and go home now. It's not going to get any better. That's it. <laughs> Hang it up. Really to the line. No hands. I love hey, my brother, but <laughs> hey, we're joined by Rudy. Uh, those of you who don't remember, Rudy Frias, co-host of the Roller Aldevero podcast. I know you don't believe me, but it's true. Uh, Brad Grayley's up. Fair enough. Ah. Uh. You getting a lot of dings in when I'm pitching? I got to tell you, uh, I'm way behind on dings because I've had a couple of the Grangers uh, stop by and tell me the story of the start of the team, and, and a couple of the first-timers were here, and uh, I was getting all the deets, and huh. I didn't care about your bad pitching at that time. Hey, I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. So, what can I say? Mr. Grayley hits it straight up to the shortstop. There's going to be a flip over to second for a force. Look at that blazing speed by Dynamite Frias. He explodes off the base path. That's going to bring up uh, two hands. Sticking mostly with the right-handed pitching, we were noticing earlier today. What's what's the deal with that? I, I don't know. Is he afraid to offend by pulling out the ambidextrous? Probably. I don't, we'll see in this next inning because he's going back out there. All right. But uh, the Granders don't have any left-handed bats, but I don't think in vintage it really matters. The way they're hitting the ball. There's a base hit in the left field by two hands. There's going to be an attempted throw over to second because that's what the Granders will do to you. Yeah. And uh, they are hitting – Wonderfully. <laughs> they sure are. 
Hmm. Mr. Mightiest Striker Seabert's got you a couple of times out there to center field. Chasing Grayley at the base hit into center field. They're going to come up and try to get the force at second. Not in time. That's going to be bases loaded. I love I love what I'm seeing right now out of the Capitals. They're, uh, they're just not trying to crush the ball. And here comes Kip. Uh, Kip, former Capital. One of the originals. An no OG. Kidding. Kip Bear Chapman. I think hasn't played since 2018, maybe 17. Wow. Yeah. And there's a pop-up to the shortstop. That's a six years of retirement hit. <laughs> that is the second out of the inning. That's going to leave it up to Josh Good. A uh, new nickname, Oso. Oso? Oso. Oh. Josh, Oso Good to the line. Oso Good. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's terrible. But it's, that's not bad. But it's spelled... <laughs> O-S-O, like bear in Spanish. <laughs> was his nickname Bear before? No, he didn't have a nickname. Why Th- this is his uh, second official capital match. with. And there's a fly ball to left fielder who's going to wait and catch it with two hands like a man would, crushing the dreams of the Capitals. So crushed. As uh, Gentleman Joe lead off, and that's a zero on the board. We're going to the fifth inning. It's 13-3 to in favor of the Grangers. And we're only going seven 13, innings in this game. Sorry, Thirteen. Important to uh, important to know. Three. And uh, the, it's a perfect day for weather. My God, man! The sun has uh, rotated around the Earth enough to where I'm in complete shade. I got this light breeze. The grass is green, partly cloudy. Jeez. The Grangers are crushing the Capitals. Who doesn't enjoy that? It's a, a dream. Just a dream. And uh, I'm going to adjust some volume. So do you have to adjust some volume? Do it. Changing things up here a little bit. There we go. All right. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Malman's going to lead off the inning for the Grangers. I am joined by Mr. Walters, Keith Walters, current captain of the Rochester Grangers. Uh, Keith, uh, how's the day going that you've taken all your efforts into, into planning? Oh, this is beautiful. I'm having a great time. Pounding to the ground. There's going to be a throw to first by the catcher, and that's going to record the first out. Uh, everything's coming off without a hitch so far, would you say? I, I don't say. It's far too early to say that. I won't talk about it yet. <laughs> it's but, too uh, late for... I'm having a good time, so <laughs> that's all I can worry about. I don't know. I kind of use the same motto as at a wedding. Like, if you're not having fun, like, you're the one doing something wrong. So I just kind of stick with that. Nah, I've, I've been to some bad weddings. It's your fault. I don't uh, know. One of them was mine. Uh, <laughs> Keith... Still, what, still your fault. What year... It wasn't my fault. Uh... <laughs> What year did you join the Grangers? What was that like? I, I don't know what year. It's been like 12 or 13. So 12 or 13 years ago. I don't know. We'll call it 2010. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. How'd you come across uh, the vintage? Uh, cool story. I uh, So my father-in-law is uh, 
Bob Grace, Roadblock. Okay. And he played left field from the inception of the Grangers, or, or played with the Grangers. And when I started playing, uh, he was playing left field. So uh, that's kind of how we got to know each other. Was I, before I was married, I was hanging out with my future father-in-law playing baseball on the weekends, which was just awesome. Mr. Rizaki swings and misses. Is that Rizaki? Did I say that right? You're right, yeah. It wasn't a swing and a miss, though. He foul-tipped it to the catcher, and that's yeah. going to be a second out of the yeah, inning. Yeah, it's the worser kind. Peg leg. So is that how you met your wife as she was coming to the games? Uh, well, I, she, she was coming to the games sometimes, but uh, I, I met Vintage Baseball. I, I knew her first. Oh. So. So, so it was because of your wife that you joined Vintage Baseball? I mean, kind of, yeah. A, a little bit of the appeal and nostalgia. Grounder to short, free us on the missed throw over to first. <laughs> I said that before he even threw it. You definitely did. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if you know him well. Do you? <laughs> well, shortstop's not the, not the position for him. And you know what? I think he'd tell you the same well, thing. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, and you know what? Next time he sits down, I'm going to ask him. Of all the positions on the field, what position should you not play? And he's going to say shortstop. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the inspirational teacher posters that they put up in rooms. And I was like, it would be, you tried and you failed. The, the moral of the story? Don't try. Don't try. Two hands are dead. Kowalski is up for Rochester. Uh, I don't know if you know the score right now, Keith, but it's 13 to 3. Okay. In favor of the Grangers here in the top of the fifth inning. Great. It's like a Grangers match from years of door or your or whatever. Base hit into left field. There's going to be an attempt to throw it to second to get a force, but it's not going to work out. Uh, the Grangers today are following the recipe of how to win a baseball game that they wrote. Uh, 25 years ago. That, they started writing that book. This is how you win baseball games. And they're actually, as a present to everybody that's come out, are following those those instructions today. It's a, it's a gift to me. This is, this is great. Um, yeah, we could do this more often. Win? <laughs> are we talking about win or playing well, I, I don't talk fabulous about, I don't, weather? I don't talk, well, yeah, the second one, the second one. And there's a foul ball down the left field line. Uh, some some children have uh, made their way over down the third base line, so you can expect a fair foul attempt by Rudy Frias is next time up. He loves aiming at children. Mm -hmm. Well, the children love picking the most dangerous spot on the field, which is um, good for them, you know. We need we need more of that Gen X spirit. That's right. right. If Hey, you'll never make it into the military if you're not uh, trying to avoid foul line drives down the third base line. <laughs> Should be part of the test. There's a pop-up to the second baseman. Mr. Grayley is going to catch it. And that. Oh, my God. You guys didn't score. <laughs> it's my fault. See, I showed up here. I started talking. Jeez Louise. But I guess that means uh, I get to leave and run back out there. They're going to yell at me in the next, like, 20 seconds. They always Thanks think I'm late to by. stuff. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being here, man. It's, it's already a beautiful day. This is This is fantastic. Oh, that's sweet of you to say. The very overexposed on this podcast, Keith, Wal Keith Walters, everybody. <laughs> Capitals coming back up here, bottom of the fifth. They're going to lead off with Gentleman Joe, center fielder for the Capitals today. 
who's had a lot of running. Uh, he's been running in, catching balls. He's been running back, watching some missiles hit over his head. Uh, Gentleman Joe is going to be exhausted on the way home today. On the three, I don't know, three hours back to Columbus, if I had to guess, took me an hour and a half. No, you know, it's probably a little bit less. 245? Okay, so there was a pep talk to the Capitals from the captain of the Grangers. That was weird. Uh, Gentleman Joe coming up here. We'll get back to the bell. As uh, You can go back in the archives and check out one of the top five downloaded episodes in roller barrel history with Keith Walters of the Rochester Grangers. Just go back into the archives. You can find all kinds of stuff. I tell you what. If you go back into the archives, you're gonna you go up and down. You're gonna find an episode you didn't even know existed from a person you really want to hear from. That was for the first pitch. There, that was the second pitch. Here we are. We're back to it. And uh, if you know anything about the Grangers, as they have gotten a little older in some situations, they've been playing for 25 years, for crying out loud. They've, they've got some youth scattered amongst uh, some men in their older ages. And it's a time of the game where that starts to matter and there's a hit to the shortstop shortstop's going to throw over to first offline gentleman joe's going to get a single on that uh but five innings in the heat i think you're going to see some grangers giving up their at-bats for some of the gentlemen that have showed up for the celebration and also to get a break from the sun here's rudy frias And there's a foul back to the catcher that was mis mishandled, and you're lucky on that one. That was that pitch did not happen. That was a premature bell. Uh, Mr. Mr. Malman, the catcher, doesn't give up those or anything. There's a ball down the left field line. There's a full swing by Freya, so it didn't hit any kids in the head. Uh. I think we just saw Rudy notice children on the third baseline. Like a magnet, here comes a fair foul. Runner on first. I'm surprised. I haven't seen the Capitals really aim for that tree in left center field here. Uh, there's been a lot of pulling, and there's a grounder to third. They're going to get the force at second. The throw over to first is not going to be in time. It's going to bring up Nick Sanders, wrong-hander. Curler, soccer fan.
it is so nice to see not only past and present Rochester Grangers has I haven't seen them in a couple of years, except at Frankenmuth, but I got no time for that. And uh also some gentlemen on the Capitals I haven't seen in a few years, including Mr. Sanders here. And including Eric Frias. Uh so yeah. What a great situation. There's a pop-up down the left field line that's going to hit some kid. Uh, no, hit, hit the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> remember, if you try to catch a ball in vintage baseball on a foul ball, that bruise is yours to keep. Ball back in. Uh Remember, we hit the ball into the creek earlier in the match, and that ball came back into play. We do not replace balls. They are. Players are in position. Striker to the line. That ball goes the entire match. They didn't have uh, the ability to have many different balls uh, back in the 1860s. So you had to do with what you had. And if it went into a stream, if it went into a big pile of horse manure there's a long fly ball into right center field that's going to bounce before the fence but it is going to bounce over the fence mr sanders is not happy with the fact that it bounced over as that was going to possibly score a run he was definitely going to get a second so freest take we'll get third on the ground rule single, as you heard the official score, Moonlight, in the background. That's going to bring up Honey Badger. As uh, there's going to be a break in the action. Why? Because just like I was talking about, just like I said, they got to go find that ball. That ball went into the woods. It went into the stream. They got to find that ball. If it's in the stream, you got to go down there and you got to get it. And it's too bad. That ball's going to be wet. And you're just going to have to make do. Honey Badger is going to be the next uh, batter for the Capitals. So that ball's gotten wet twice now. Back into play. Jason, Honey Badger. I would assume at this point, but the abuse that ball has taken, it is heavy. That's a heavy ball. Capitals are looking for just a little tappy, just a little tap, tap, tappy, as they try to get back into this ball game as they're down to their final seven outs. Oh, that was for the one that was already thrown. Sorry. Although I am a lot better on this one thanks to Landon Smith telling me uh, to get on get on the ball. I'm trying, Landon. Although I have not been completely accurate in this match, it's the best I've ever done. Grounder between the shortstop and third baseman. Third baseman is going to try to knock it down. Shortstop actually gets the ball and throws to second for a force. 
The Grangers are playing some defense today as well as their fantastic offense that's happening. Two outs. Ian Frias up. Honey Badger on first base. And I think uh, Mr. Frias understands that the ball is probably heavy. Uh, you do it as long as he has. This is gonna. This has got line drive written all over it. How dare they? How dare they? That was for that one. One run in for the Columbus Capitals. High fly ball to left field. That's over the tree. That's over the left fielder. That's to the next tree. That's to the farthest away tree. I don't know if you know, but that's a long ways. Honey Badger scores. No throw. Ian gets a double. That's going to bring up Eric, recently retired Frias. Dynamite, who actually has had a smile on his face the entire time. I wonder if he's, I wonder if there's a chance. There's a high fly ball down the left field line. It's going to be foul and is not going to be retrieved. So still alive, Eric Frias, who had a very good swing his last time up. His first swing's not important. But that last one was good. That one he just had was decent. As uh, that was a pitch. <laughs> There's a swing and a miss. They are having some good times with the swing and the miss. And then there's a high fly ball in the center field. Center fielder's coming in. is going to have to take it on a hop. That's, that's going to work in the second game, but this is the first game. So it's ridiculous. Ian Frias makes his third. Eric Frias on first base. Brad Grayley up. Two runs in for the Capitals. 13-5. Sounds manageable. <laughs> uh, and uh, after this match, we'll be taking a break here, and we'll be eating, and then coming back out for a 1864 ball game that people will be very willing to join due to the hop at the hop. I don't know the words to this 1960s song at the hop, boom, 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 pitch. There's a line drive center fielder. He's going to catch it in the palms and drop it. And Keith, that's the one, that's the one that Keith Walters is going to take with him on the ride home and think about as it was directly to him. He didn't have to move, and those are the ones you miss. 
The ones hit directly to you are the ones that you're gonna miss. So, uh, yeah, he lowered his head in disgust at himself as soon as uh, it happened. That's gonna bring up two hands here for the Capitals. And uh, play has slowed down considerably, as I was mentioning later. There's a grounder to third base. Third baseman throw over to second for the force. That's going to make Brad Grayley the last out. So two hands is going to lead off the next inning. Three runs in. Uh, they announced thirteen to four. I got thirteen to six. So, hey Rudy, I got thirteen to six. Did they say thirteen to four? Yeah, yeah. Two aces tallied in that last inning. Didn't Honey Badger score? 15 to 5. Rangers. Uh, Josh got, wait up. Joe was out. Then you. Nick was second out. 13 to I got Honey Badger scoring. That's not what I said. Once again, the official, the unofficial official book of the barrel roller comes into play. As I'm very unofficial, but I am always right. Boom. <laughs> Mr. Roland. Did I miss Mr. LaFrance's at bat? Mr. Roland bounces it down to third base. It's going to be down as a misplay. There's going to be a throw to first. It's not going to be in time. Mr. Rowan's going to take us first. All right. So the first batter of the inning popped out to second. And then Mr. Rowland gets a base hit. Oh, that bell meant nothing. I was premature on that no, one, No, that too. felt good about it. That was oh, good. There there's go. another. Oh. Man, I love that bell. <laughs> Wasn't that a Donna Summer song, Ring My Bell? Was it Donna Summer? No. I don't remember who it was, but I don't think it was Donna Summer. Gloria Gaynor. Mm. Ring my bell. Gloria oh. Summers. Thank you. Look at that. I'm getting swag all over the place from oh, Mr. Walters. Kip, Kip with the play at, oh. That's right, Bear Chapman moving like a bear out there. Collected the ball on the first bound and was able to throw the runner out at second base for an out. <laughs> uh, so this is the gentleman that's been making Gentleman Joe run all over the and place. And he's refusing to back up. Look at him. He's he's not backing well, up. There's no way he's going to do it a he's third time. He's not going to back up. Okay, he took he took three steps. There you go. That's what you want to do. Give this man a three-step drop back. There you go. I'd be playing in the tall grass back there. Uh, 
I definitely lean more towards the gap. Yeah. Oh, there's a couple pitches. There you go. There's uh, yeah, those two. Uh, it's not going to line up video oh. wise, but okay. you know, in 2026, when this video comes out, you. Know. <laughs> 2026. So I got a better. What do you? There is a. Oh, he just all he did was, yeah. like a child hit a line drive. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, how dare you, sir? 2026? I can't meet that timetable. This is easily 2030. You have no timetables. 2030. When you said to me, how soon do you want these videos done? I said, I don't care when they get done. Therefore, I avoid all disappointment. <laughs> the good news is is that uh, the flat ride <laughs> is 90% complete. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's up from 60%. Yeah, I know. Three weeks ago. I got a couple of issues in. <laughs> I feel good about it. Well, you have stories to read. I do. I do. Those are a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Keith Walters is up. Runners on second and first uh, to continue this one-sided affair. Whatever. That's only one-sided for them. One team. <laughs> <laughs> the Capitals obviously saving themselves for the bound match later. You we're saving ourselves for the food. Did you see that spread in there? No. How? What? Yes. Did you see any barbecue ribs? I saw pork butts. In. This is uh I mean honestly we didn't come here to win. We came here to eat food and just hang out. Um in this beautiful field. Have you seen any of the cars? Oh nice. Oh he's out. That's is, an out. Did he tick it? Yeah, he ticked that. He ticked it hard. That's the third out. No, that's the second out, right? No, that's the third out. Nope. I don't think so. First batter of the inning popped out to second. My guy, my guy. Second batter got forced at second. I think you missed something because my guys aren't coming off the field. So, Keith, what you're saying is Mr. LaFrance didn't pop out to second to start off the inning because that would have been the third out. Well, what do you mean? We're just going to pretend like this didn't happen. You guys batted out of order. Don't ever go against my <laughs> scorebook again. <laughs> told you before we started this game, this is where the, the, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> There's a fly out to left field for 17 points for Mike K. We're going to forget about it to start the next inning. <laughs> Zero runs in for Rochester, keeping that score at 13-6. to six. Do you need a water or anything? Yeah, you can get it right out of that bag right there. Okay, I got you. Not the cooler of the bag. That's what I was told. Oh, thank you. We got Mo Johnson catching. Rudy, did you sign his head yet? No, but my father did because you can see Rudy right across his forehead. Let me get a water as well. You, me, and Ian sounds like a 70s rock band. You, me, and Ian. <laughs> yeah. Open it up for Steely Dan. Can you name a Steely Dan song? What is that one song? Something. So no. Yeah, yeah, I can. Two hands up for the Capitals. I love you so much. Uh, Steely Dan. (laughs) Hotel California, right? Come on. My bad. (laughs) All out of love. 
I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Is that air supply? That is How air do you supply. Get this air supply from. I haven't heard a good air. I haven't heard air supply in forever. What? Oh, I got to listen to air supply on the way home. Two hands. It's a fair ball. Oh, there's going to be a hell of a throw from it's third. A long throw, but it was there. It was strong. Yeah. It was offline. And uh, two hands is going to take us first on that. Capitals down with their final six outs. Uh, but <laughs> it's only seven runs. You guys have played well enough to be down by 15 runs, and you're down by seven runs. I know. It's How do you guys always do that? <laughs> There's a pop-up to left field. It's going to be held by the left fielder. you got to suck for a very long time to get to this level, buddy. That was Jason. Here comes uh, old school Kip. The bear. The bear. Do you want to know how he got his, uh, his nickname? Is he... Underneath that shirt, is it just hair? No. Oh. Uh, we arrived to a match in Hoover, in, in Canton, Ohio, many, many, many years ago. Line drive base hit in the left field. Bear had to uh, use the bathroom. There was no bathroom on site or around. Bear oh, laid down a towel in his back seat. Say what, huh? Bear took a dump in his back seat on a towel. So does a bear shit in a parking lot? Yes, it does. <laughs> How does he get the name the bear out of well, that? Because, you know, does a bear get... <laughs> brown bear. Brown bear. Our mocha bear. Does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> wow. I don't know. That was pre-kids, obviously. Why? Why would that be <laughs> obvious it was pre-kids? Josh could fly out to uh, left field. He loves the left fielder. He doesn't want to make that left fielder work. Looking oh, ready. Rudy, uh, what would you say your least favorite position to play is on the field? First base. What position would you say you're the worst at on the field? Shortstop. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> It was only 10 minutes ago, folks. <laughs> Is he ever wrong? I said the ball got hit. You were at short. The ball got hit to you. And I said the runner's safe on a misthrow. The ball had <laughs> I haven't even left my hand yet. <laughs> I, I hate it. I said Rudy will tell you he doesn't like shortstop. <laughs> and you're going to get a lot of that at the World <laughs> Tournament, folks. <'cause> yeah. <laughs> Gentleman Joe up. Two ounce. Two on. Ooh. Uh, after this at-bat, this is a big at-bat. This at-bat, it goes back to the top of the lineup. Oh, how's that going to And I noticed a lot of children down there. Oh, do you see that? There's a woman nursing over there. And uh, don't. Yep, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need the splash. <laughs> because there's water along the, the, the mud. There's mud there. No, yeah. I'm talking about boob milk. Oh. <laughs> boob milk. You said nursing. Gentleman Joe, fly ball to center field. That's oh. going to beat the center fielder. Oh, no. I'm oh, going to have no. to get up. Oh, this no. This is a serious at-bat oh, you're about no. to have. That's going to score two up. runs. Oh, no. Why? That's a triple. Oh, Gentleman no. Joe going to third. The throw comes in. It's not oh. going to be in time. He's out. He did get him. He fell off third base and got tagged on the knee. Oh, the instant replay that Rudy has to work on here in three years is going to be crazy. Three hands are dead. Two aces tally. Oh. 
What a great hit by Joe. That's going to score two runs. Columbus down 13 to now eight within five runs. What a huge play as Joe going into third base, full head of steam, overrun, reaches back. I think he reached back and got the bag and then readjusted because his momentum was still going, and he left the bag for a second. The ball was already on him, and then he got back. Uh, pretty cut and dry because I saw it with my naked eye. Hey, I'm a poet, and I knew everything about it. As the Grangers are coming up for their last at-bats in the 1867 variety. I do. They are wrong. <laughs> I am very unofficial, but I'm always right. <laughs> As Mr. Westgate leads off for the Grangers. This is the kind of day in vintage baseball that if you have left the game for whatever reason, you would fall back in love with it. What a great game. What a great day. If you aren't involved in vintage baseball, you are a fool. There's a fly ball into the tree in left center field. That's going to be a single for Mr. Westgate. That's going to bring up the younger Johnson as uh, the elder Mo Johnson. His head is almost covered in names at this point with the Sharpie, and uh, he got in the inning catcher in the last inning. Here's a pop-up uh, over to the first baseman, over his head. It's going to bounce away from Ian. The throw to second for the force is not going to be in time. First First and second for the Grangers, bringing up Mr. Malman. Malman. Way behind on the bell. There's a grounder to third base. There's going to be a force at third for the first down of the inning. Bringing up Mr. Rizanki. Rizanki. I'm going to listen to how he pronounces this name because I feel like I always have that wrong. I'm not confident in it at all. Zero confidence. Let's listen to it. Oh, 
There's this big, beautiful dog that's been laying down by me a little bit today. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was just wandering around. Obviously an older dog. And uh, beautiful dog. I love that dog. I, wa- I was just trying to get it to come over by me, and they took it into their tent. I wanted that dog in my tent. My tent. All right, Mr. Rizanki. Pop up to the second baseman. Eric Frias going back. Just like the years of lore or your, there's a force at second because he dropped it. How many times am I going to say years of lore? Why do I want to say that? It's wrong. First and third, two outs here. Peg leg. Up here for the Grangers. And there's a foul straight back. Uh, don't unplug the unit. Uh, back to the generator area. That ball had been caught by the behind that bounced off the barn. Prius on the stripe for the Capitals. You can tell by the amount of bells going off. There's a grounder to second. Then there's going to be a force at second base on a terrible play by Eric Prius. And that's going to put up another zero for Rochester as they were in control of this match. And that. They have the wrong score. They said thirteen to seven. It's thirteen to eight. It's thirteen to eight. It would tally. I missed that. Thank you. So they're going through the score right now, but it is thirteen to eight. Columbus down their last three outs here in 1867 ball. Top of the lineup. Striker to the line, Swamp Fox. Never heard of him. All right, Rudy up there. And make no mistake, as a foul tip by Rudy Frias brought in, crushing the hopes and dreams of the Capitals right there. It's just a matter of time now. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'm down. I said that was a beautiful pitch. Really just uh, mishit that one. Got any kind of sound effect for that? <laughs> That's not it. No. Nope. 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 Mm. 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Nick Sanders. Wine drive to the shortstop. Oh. It's going to be held. <sighs> the larger female woman is warming up with her singing voice as the Capitals are down. Can I say the fat lady's warming up? No, oh, man, come on. Don't say that. I'm saying it. She's fat. She has a thyroid she's issue. She's, come on. She's, she could. She's doing everything There's she can. There's many reasons. Okay. It could. She's, hey, fat eat, guy's calling the game. Might as well have a fat eat, lady sing the song. Eating, she's eating her emotions. Honey badger okay. don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I eat my emotions sometimes. Oh, that's a shot. What that's a that? base hit. Uh, that's going to be a double. That's a double. A double. It's uh, into the left center field. He's going to go to third watch. He's in, you know, thank gosh. Uh, it's just putting off the inevitable, uh, not letting me go in and eat. Yeah, man. Or the greatest comeback in the history of the world. Either one of those two things just happened. Nah. There's a button there, and I'm going to get that butt. As Ian Frias comes up, Ian swinging well. The, uh, the camera on my end is doing some amazingly weird things. Mine's not even moving. Oh no! You know what I think it is? I think it. I think it might still be recording, but I think that because of out of range. Yeah, I think it's done that before. We'll just leave it because I haven't touched it. Ian Frias with a pop up down the left field line. No one's going to get to that. It's uh, just a foul ball. What? You I don't prepared, get your moment? I prepared a first-game speech, <laughs> and then that would crescendo into the second-game speech. Now it's just not going to make sense. You know what I'm going to have to do? You're going to have to do it anyway. I'm going to have to do them both <laughs> at the last game. The, at the end of the last game, there's going to be a seven-minute monologue. I believe that. I really hope uh, that's a sarsaparilla. My my guy down there is drinking. <laughs> you think it's not? You think it is? I don't know. No one knows. Somebody knows. Bing, bang, oh, boom. That no. could be the end of the game right there. No, the younger Johnson it. goes after it. Oh, oh off the asphalt. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fun word. I love saying asphalt. Yeah, it's good. You sound much better on the microphone than me. No. I'm in charge of this. Uh, I do vocal warm-ups on the way up here. I do. Ah, uh, that's yeah, better. There you go. And there's a grounder down the third baseline. They're going to call it fair. It was fine. Dead ball, dead ball, dead ball. It, it touched the asphalt. All right, kid, here we go. <laughs> That's a base hit for Ian Frias. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Frias drove all the way up here from Columbus, Ohio, to come out of retirement, to show up here and make the last Passed out of the first game. Oh, no. nothing. No, it's I'm not. like, you know, Eric's got a couple of good swings in him today. Maybe he'll fall back in love until this at-bat happens. <laughs> it's going to crush him. He's actually very angry at me right now. There's a pop-up to the left fielder. Left fielder had to move a whole half a step. Yeah. 
And that's going to do it here from 1867 land in Rochester Hills, Michigan. The Columbus Capitals, who taught the Grangers how to play, come back and let the Grangers teach them how to play. Final score, 13 to 8. They've had that score wrong all day. They just said 14 to 7. If you ask the Grangers, the score is 19 to 3. Grangers win. 13 to 8 is your official I'm saying it here. I know what I'm doing. 13 to 8. Uh, 1864 coming up next. Bye. Say something, Rudy. Something.